Galatians 5, verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. And that's all I want to uh, read tonight is those five verses. But uh, the very first verse that we read is a wonderful verse. Wonderful verse and it's good advice. It was good advice for the churches at Galatia, uh, considering their circumstances. And folks, it's good advice for the for the churches uh, uh, right now, not only in our own region that we live in, or in our own country for that matter, for the church, uh, the world around. It is good advice when he says, stand, uh, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What, what yoke of bondage is he talking about here, folks? He's not talking about the, the bondage of committing sin. Like I said, this was the, uh, the, these were legalistic churches that this, that this uh, letter was written to. He's talking about being under the bondage of the law. You have to do this and you have to do that in order to, to uh, gain appeasement with Almighty God. You must uh, uh, kill this many animals or kill this type of animal for this particular sin. And you must make this type of offering as at this particular time, whether it's a wave offering, whether it's a heave offering, whether it's a sin offering, a burned offering, uh, there were so many offerings in the Old Testament. That's the bondage that he's talking about here, not the bondage of sin. He's talking about being underneath the bondage of the law. Now listen, I understand that the, the Israelites, uh, when they were uh, down in Egypt, they were underneath the bondage of Pharaoh. They were under the bondage of the Egyptians. They were underneath uh, the bondage of slavery and that is a picture for us as the New Testament church as being in bondage to sin. I understand that but that is not what Paul is talking about here. Folks we will get so wrapped up as a church or as part of the church whatever uh, member of the church body you might be. I'm talking about a toe, a kneecap, a leg, an arm, an elbow, whatever uh, member of the body you might be. We will get so wrapped up in what we feel like we must do uh, to, to Almighty God in order to please Him and in order to make Him happy that we will not be able to enjoy the salvation that He has bestowed upon us. That salvation is free. It came at no price to you and no price to me. Almighty God paid the ultimate price and made the ultimate sacrifice when Jesus Christ was crucified on a hill called Calvary. That, uh, that redemption that we received when we, re we received salvation was completely totally and utterly free I did nothing to deserve it I can do nothing to deserve it nor can you no preacher can no deacon can no singer can that is all of God salvation is of the Lord and the Lord is salvation so we can stand fast in the liberty that has been given unto us through the sacrifice that 
Jesus Christ has made. I'm not saying that gives us permission to go out here and purposely break the law that God has set forth. Folks, God spoke the law into existence 3,500 years ago to a man named Moses in Mount Sinai. And if God spoke it then, it's as eternal as Jesus Christ is himself. He spoke that law. That law still remains. But praise God, that is not the way unto salvation. We are at liberty with Jesus Christ because he made us free when he saved our souls. Hallelujah. We have liberty in him. And that's something that the church has forgotten. The church as a whole, not just here, but the church all around the world has forgotten about the liberty that we have in Jesus Christ. Like I said, I see so many Christians walking around like they're on eggshells or walking around like they're on glass shards, afraid of offending God. I've said it a million times over. You will offend God every day of your life. You will sin against God every day of your life. But repent of those sins. Get rid of those sins. Allow God to get rid of those sins. Let God forgive you of those sins and enjoy the freedom that you have in the salvation of Jesus Christ. Stand fast in that. This is the word of God, folks. And the word of God says we can stand fast in that liberty. That Paul is encouraging these people. Stand fast in the liberty that we have in Jesus Christ that he has given to us. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. He made, free, made us free with his own liberty. And folks, if, if Jesus Christ give it to us, just as I said about the law, that liberty is just as eternal as the law is, as God is, as Jesus Christ is, as heaven is, or any of these other things that we read about in scripture if God said it if God ordained it I promise you it is forever the word of God is forever settled in heaven as per Psalms 119 hallelujah this liberty is forever with me it is forever in Jesus Christ I will never have liberty like I have it in him hallelujah praise God I like these kind of sermons Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't, in other words, stop tiptoeing around the tulips. Stop walking around. And, and folks, and y'all have heard it, y'all have seen it, y'all have probably done it, as have I. We, we worry so much. We worry so much about our sin. About, uh, and folks, I ain't saying that you should want to sin. And I don't want to sin. If you're a born-again Christian, you don't want to sin. But it's going to happen. It will happen. But we have liberty in Jesus Christ. Even Paul, Paul understood this. Paul told, I've done said, the church at Rome. Paul had to address the church at Rome. When, when he, said, he said, I know that, is, uh, that in me, that is in this flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Folks, that was a saved, born-again Christian saying. That was Paul, the man that wrote half of the New Testament of the Bible, said that in him, that is in his flesh, dwelleth no good 
good thing. He's the very one at the end of that same chapter that said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? But Paul understood that he had liberty in Jesus Christ, regardless of how wretched he seemed, regardless of how much he said, he had liberty in Christ Jesus. We have that same liberty. Paul said these things. I said he wrote half of the New Testament, give or take. If he wrote Hebrews, he wrote over half of them. But we don't know that he did. But the same man that God allowed to pen half of the New Testament said those things. Said that in him dwelleth no good thing in his flesh. And said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? The same man that wrote these words that we're reading to the churches in Galatia said those things. But he had an understanding. He had an understanding. He's the very one that said, that which I would do, I do not. And that which I would, that which I would do not, that I do. In other words, those things that I know I'm not supposed to do, those things I know that are sinful, I do those things. Why? Because in his flesh dwelleth no good thing. Folks, that's our sin nature. And our sin, your sin nature and my sin nature will be with us until the day we die. It cannot and will not enter into heaven. And praise God, hallelujah, and amen to that. It cannot go to heaven and won't go to heaven. But folks, my soul is not part of my body right now. My soul is my body is nothing more than a prison for my soul. My soul yearns to be at home and be with my Lord Jesus Christ. And this this body that I wear is nothing more than a prison for that. But one of these days, my soul, that inner man, it's going to go home to be with the Lord forever. And once I'm at home and with the Lord, once my soul is there, there's a promise given unto me in the scripture that I'll have a body one day to match up with that soul and that body will know no sin. It'll know no sickness. It'll know no death, no heartache. It will know none of those things because my God promised it. Hallelujah. Folks, if that that doesn't give us a, a feeling of liberty, of liberty in Jesus Christ, that ain't much going to. That ain't much going to make us feel at liberty. Like I said, I am not at all encouraging any of us to sin. I'm saying, when you sin, repent of it. Get it off your heart. Get it off your chest. Get it out of your mind and enjoy your salvation. Enjoy what God has done for you. Enjoy that God sent someone. He sent his only begotten to be your replacement and to be my replacement on that hill. He suffered, bled, and died for you. He done it in my place. I should have been the one on that cross. You should have been the one on that cross. But hey, we were crucified with Christ according to what Paul wrote in chapter 2 of this same book. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ dwelleth in me Christ liveth in me that inward man is Jesus Christ that inward man the Holy Ghost that's what's going home to be with God my soul and the Holy Ghost I'm persuaded is going to take me there along with who knows what else but it's going to be a grand old time when it happens but I have liberty in these things I have liberty don't walk on shards don't let sin 
Don't let your sin that you will commit. Don't let that overtake your life. Don't let it overtake your mind. And certainly don't let it overtake your heart. Because folks, listen to me. You can't trust what you tell yourself. Because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's the words of Jeremiah the prophet speaking. That the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know? That's why we can't trust ourselves. That's why we keep our nose in this word of God. This is truth. Not what's up here. This is truth. The word of God is truth. If I keep my nose in this book, this truth will drive out whatever I try to tell myself otherwise. Right. Hallelujah. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Now, <clears throat> he's not saying that people, and I've heard this, believe it or not, that men who are circumcised have no chance of getting into heaven. That's not what he's saying there. I have. I've heard that. I've heard it taught. I've never heard it preached, but I heard it taught one time. That, that men who are circumcised have no chance of going to heaven. I'm like, well, I'll tell you what. I fully expect to see Abraham there. Uh -huh. and I fully expect to see Isaac yeah. and Jacob and Moses. Mm -hmm. And bless God, I expect to be there. Uh -huh. And that ain't what he's talking about at all. He's saying, those of you that trust in that circumcision because it was the Jews that, that, that or God got that started for the Jews that separated that was a sign of the covenant that God had made with Abraham that's what he's speaking of he's saying if that's what you're trusting in is the sign of the covenant instead of the covenant your, itself you are in trouble folks I'm not trusting in the sign of anything I can wear a cross all day long and die and go to hell I can have an I love Jesus bumper sticker on my vehicle and die and go to hell. I'm trusting in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone for my salvation and for my liberty and for all these other things we've been talking about. I'm not trusting in a sign. I'm trusting in what I know is true. Amen. This was a sign. He's saying don't, don't trust in that. And like I said, these Jews had infiltrated the churches. Not only in Galatia, they'd infiltrated other places as well. Yeah. And they were saying Jesus is great. Jesus is fine. Jesus is well. Uh, but we still need these other things. We've still got to keep the law. Folks, we cannot keep the law. That's the reason Jesus Christ came. Because it's impossible for us to do. How many of y'all know about this Roots Movement? It's, uh, it's uh, been up and coming for, I don't know, probably about 10 years now. It's done swept from the West Coast and it's made its way to the East Coast. I can tell you three different Roots Movement churches just in Johnson City right now. And it's people that say we worship on the Sabbath, we don't eat pork, we don't eat shellfish, all the things that were told the Jews. And it's Gentiles that are saying this. They're saying we have got to keep the law. And, the, and folks, and, and they're, they're somehow or another, they're intertwining Jesus Christ in all of this. But you cannot do it. The law and Jesus Christ do not mix. Hey, even the Bible says, John chapter 1 says, that the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Hey, I'll stick with the grace and truth any day as opposed to trying to follow a law that I know I cannot follow. I'll stick with Jesus Christ. He's the one that brought the grace. He brought the truth. He's made me free. He's given me liberty. I want to live free. I want to live in the liberty that he has given me. Amen. Now, in saying that, I don't go out here and just kill people. I don't go out here and just steal things. I don't go out here and just lie. I don't go out here and purposely break the Ten Commandments. And if you do, you ain't saved to begin with. And get saved and you won't want to do those things. 
But we don't purposely do these things. We don't purposely uh, uh, commit sin. But when we do, folks, we have liberty. Not only that Jesus Christ has given us, uh, uh, stand there, you therefore fast the liberty where Jesus Christ has made us free. What has he made us free to do? We are free to go to the Father right. and ask forgiveness mm -hmm. for those sins. Before we wasn't able to do that. No. Or before I should say the Jews wasn't even able to do that. No. The Jews, they could pray. They could ask God for a little bit of everything. Daniel, he wasn't a priest. He prayed. Hannah, she sure wasn't a priest. She prayed. Hey, there's all kinds of Jews that we find over in the Old Testament that prayed, but to make an atoning sacrifice, to go back into the Holy of Holies and to sprinkle the blood and to make that sacrifice one time a year. Hey, folks, that was that was up to one man, the high priest, to go in there and do that. And he was a man just like we are. He, he was a human just like we are. But Jesus Christ, yes, he was human. Yes, he was God. But hey, there was something different about that man. The, man, the high priest of the Old Testament, every single one of them, they had broken God's law at some point yet God had assigned them to go back and make the atoning sacrifice but Jesus Christ according to the book of Hebrews he went once and for all into the holy place offered up an atoning sacrifice for you for me and for everyone hallelujah I done lost my place but that's okay hallelujah we can get right back here no. Missy, go hurt me if I mess up my new Bible. <laughs> I, got, I got this one for Christmas. <laughs> Praise God. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Mm. Now, in the verse before this, he said that, that Christ would profit the circumcised nothing. Once again, he's not saying any man out there circumcised you are doomed to hell. That is not what he's saying. He says, for I testify unto every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. In other words, if that's what you're depending on, is that covenant, that sign of a covenant, you are also depending on yourself to work the entire law. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not bear false, false witness against their neighbor. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's things. Thou shalt not put no gods before me. Hey, hey God said all of these things over there in Exodus chapter chapter 20 and folks we we break the law we whether you like it or not you break God's law every one of us in here since we've been saved we've had a God before the God that saved our soul at some point in our Christian walk we have put something before God at some point and shame on every one of us myself included for doing it but we have broken the laws of God but we have the liberty in Christ Jesus to go to the Father and ask forgiveness and praise God the Father will not turn us away. He will not kick us to the curb. He will hear. He will forgive because that's why Jesus Christ came. He does it for the sake of his son. Amen. Jesus says, this is one of mine. The father says, you're forgiven. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boy, ain't that simple. That's what Paul's trying to get into these people's minds. He's trying to get it uh, in their hearts. Like I said, the, these were saved people that was written to the churches, the churches in Galatia, the people that were assembling to worship God. It was brothers and sisters of Paul. It was brothers and sisters of yours and mine. It was fellow believers in Jesus Christ, but they heard something along the way, and it confused them, folks. That's, that's the danger of false teachers getting into the church. That's the danger of uh, what we have nowadays within the church world. There's all kinds of apostates that are inside of the pulpits that are teaching Sunday schools not only to children but to adults as well that are teaching false doctrine. 
But the book of Jude warned against that. Uh -huh. Jude warned heavily against that. I ain't going to preach from Jude tonight. Might do that another time. But, folks, we, we're living in a very apostate time. Uh, now, I'm, I'm not much for dispensations personally. You might be, and God bless you if you are. I, I ain't going to argue one way or the other with you. I'm not much for dispensations. But if there was an, aposta, an apostate dispensa, dispensation, I'd say we're dead in the center of it. We, we're dead in the center of it because there is so much false doctrine out there right now. Mm. You, you go, go on Google sometime, those of you that have internet access, and look at some of the surveys they give the preachers. I'm, ta I'm talking ministers. Right. I'm talking some of them pretty high up there. Uh -huh. How many of them believe in the virgin birth? How many of them believe that, that Jesus Christ walked a, a perfect sinful or sinless life oh, while he was here? Folks, the numbers drop every year oh, yeah. of how many preachers, how many ministers believe these things. Even though the Bible says it, the numbers drop every year. The last I saw, uh, it was like uh, there was only 78% of the ministers that were polled believed that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. Folks, the Bible said if he wasn't born of a virgin, he was conceived in sin. And folks, he couldn't have been conceived in sin because he couldn't have worked your salvation or my salvation if he was. Now Mary, you read, <clears throat> after eight days in Luke's gospel, they took Jesus because that was the law. Right. They took him to be circumcised. But Mary had to do something too. Mary had to make an offering. What kind of offering was it? It was a purification offering. It was a sin offering. So she wasn't perfect. I don't care what the Catholics tell you. Oh, no. I don't care what those people tell you. Mary was not perfect. People have prayed to Mary. They were praying a vain prayer. Mary can't hear you. Jesus Christ can hear you, and he can relay that message to the Father. Right. That's how that works as per my scripture. That's what I will stick with. Uh -huh. what thus saith the word of God. But folks, it is, a, it is amazing to me the apostasy that is in the church world today and, and what's being preached, what's being taught, and what's being believed by the congregations because the congregations haven't got their noses in the scripture verifying what the preachers and the teachers are saying. They're just going along with it. And they think that they're going to stand before God one day and say, well, the preacher told me this or the teacher said that. Folks, that will not hold water in the court of God's law. God will say, you had access to my word. You had access to every word that I had penned. And yet you have failed. I think that's exactly what will be said. I don't think anybody will be arguing with God. I think we'll stand there completely silent before God. That's what I think, but. You might think differently. Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. Mm -hmm. Now, this is where it gets sticky with a lot of folks. You are fallen from grace. Is he telling these Galatians they have, quote unquote, lost their salvation? No. That's not what he's telling them. No. And that's not what that term means, mm -hmm. fallen from grace here. What's he been talking about in the previous verses? He's talking about Worrying about the law, trying to keep the law, worrying about that circumcision. Hey, women was in all kinds of uh, in all kinds of trouble if it took a circumcision to get to God to begin with. 
That's not what he was talking about when he said you're fallen from grace. He says you're not understanding grace. You're not understanding this liberty that I began this chapter with. And this was, this was before it was divided into chapters. I understand that. But the liberty that Christ Jesus gave us that we can stand fast in. He says you're not understanding that all of that came by the grace of God. He said if you're dependent on the law, then you're fallen from grace. You're not dependent on grace. You're dependent on yourself is what he's saying. And you have fallen from that point of grace. He's not saying God's kicked you to the curb. Now you got to get saved all over again. He's saying you are misunderstanding what the grace of God and the liberty of Jesus Christ has done for you. Right. And folks, that's how I began this whole sermon tonight. Was we worry so much about that that we cannot enjoy our own salvation. We cannot enjoy the liberty that, that Christ has made us free with. And, and and that's why so many Christians walk around with long faces. Yeah. Because they're not enjoying their salvation. They're walking around with long faces because they, they just, you know, they feel bad. They feel bad about something they've said, something they've done, something that they want to do. All, all these things. When all you got to do, go to God. Ask forgiveness yeah. for that. God will wipe it away. God will get rid of it for you. All you got to do is go to God and say, I've done this thing or I want to do this thing and I know it's against you. I know it's against your commandments. I know it's against the law and I know it offends you and I'm sorry, God. Please take it away from me. And God will take it away. Hallelujah that he will. He didn't save me and say, okay, you're on your own. He said, he saved me and he said, I'll be there with you every step of the way, praise God. Hallelujah. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. We wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. <clears throat> this is a this is a interesting line as far as the book of Galatians goes. You read Paul's other epistles that he wrote. And in every one of his epistles, he says something about prophecy. It's a, something about either Christ's return to the earth to set up his kingdom. Something about the church being raptured out, the church being taken away. Every one of his epistles, he mentions prophecy. And, 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 and most of his epistles, he brings it up multiple times. This is the only bit of prophecy that we have in the, in the letter to the Galatians. Why was that? I'm not real positive, to be honest with you. But I think it's because the subject matter was a little bit different. Uh, uh, than what it was with the other uh, churches. But he says, for we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. And so, in other words, we're waiting on something that's going to happen in the future. That's the only bit of prophecy that you really see in the book of Galatians. But he says that we, by faith, by faith, once again, he started out with liberty. He started out with being free. And then he went, went back to say uh, how you can't be free, how you can't feel free, you can't feel that liberty if you're still under bondage to the law under the bondage of, 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 of offending God. He says, Christ has become no effect of you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. But he says, but for we, through the Spirit, wait on the hope of righteousness, by, uh, the hope of righteousness by faith. We, through the Spirit. And folks, that's the only way that we can wait upon the hope of righteousness. It's through the Spirit and by faith. If we're waiting on it of our own accord, 
Lord, if we're waiting on it uh, of ourselves, it'll do us no good. But by faith in Jesus Christ and by faith in the liberty that He has made us free and by faith that God has no longer got us underneath the law, but He has made us free. Gosh, I praise God that I am not condemned under the law. I praise God that Jesus Christ has made me free and now I can wait upon that hope of righteousness by faith in Jesus Christ and that is the only way I can wait on but it is a hope and it is righteousness folks we can wait upon the hope of Jesus Christ to one day split that eastern sky and take us home Amen. He, called it, he called it in the book of Titus Paul did he called it the blessed hope Yeah. the blessed hope and folks that, uh, hope don't get any more blessed than that we, for we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness mm -hmm. by faith. Through the Spirit we can wait on this. And folks, again, that Spirit that you were inner man, that's that inner being. Yeah. That's the Holy Ghost. Through the Spirit we, uh, we, have, uh, we can wait on the hope of righteousness. We can wait on it in faith. Mm -hmm. in, in faith of what, folks? Of everything that this book tells us. Everything in here is true, it's including every, these five verses that we read, including the fifth verse, that we, that we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Folks, that's all the hope that we've got is the hope of righteousness. People, and y'all have heard it and I have too, people say, well, I'm hoping for a better tomorrow. How many of y'all have heard, and we're coming up on 2021 now, how many of y'all have heard, well, I hope this year ends soon. I hope 2020 is over with, and I hope that 2021 is a better year. I've heard that from I don't know how many people. Yeah. I hope, I hope, I hope, folks. The only hope that we have is in Jesus Christ. Yeah. That is all the hope we have. That's the hope of righteousness by faith that we that we can wait on by the spirit of god within us we wait on that hope of righteousness 